0: What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Arnold Telgaarda,
1: And I'm Mr. No Days Off, Fred Rosser. episode 64 is in full effect. And we've been gone five minutes earlier, and I've just been laughing nonstop with our next guest. I always say, don't die with the story and you tell it. I shared the ring with him this past week on New Japan Strong. Um, And Arnold... You and I are very close. I tell you, anybody that I have on Pro and Bro Wrestling Podcast is very special to me. I see something in. Uh, one of the main things for me in wrestling one-on-one is timing. Timing, timing, timing is so important. And he had uh, such a Midas touch on me. We've got the golden boy in the house. Uh, Thank you for joining us. I always say don't die with the story and you tell it. Um, Jordan Clearwater, I shared the ring with you this past week. Uh, I just want to say that you are the man. Thank you for
2: joining us. Well, dude, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. And you should just know, for the record, like, it is my pleasure to be here, man. The fact that I'm able to talk to you and, uh, man, the child inside of me 10 years ago would be screaming, (laughs) if only you guys knew. (laughs) Like, the amount of stuff that has happened since I started my career. So, So trust me, the pleasure is all mine.
0: Jordan, you started wrestling five years ago, right?
2: Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, I started uh, fresh out of uh, high school and right before I started college. So uh, I started at uh, 18. Wow. But I, I, I bugged him as much as I could when I was 16, you know, and, and and good old Roger wouldn't let me slide through the doors until I was 18. And, uh, you know, the day that I turned 18 and, and graduated high school, I was like, okay, this is you know, <laughs> it's time to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I kind of want to take it to the beginning a little bit. I was watching an old interview of yours. Well, not an old interview, but a pretty uh, past interview of yours. And I, I learned that what kind of captivated you to wrestling is turning on the TV and watching Triple H wrestle for the first time. So I'm curious, what was it about that moment? What gravitated you uh, towards wrestling? But, or what was it about Triple H? Where were like, you know what? Like There's something here.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it was a mix of a lot of things. And and having Fred on here, it's actually a good point because I can uh, talk about him for a second and kind of um, the things that he's built a part of his latter, the latter part of your wrestling career, at least of what I've seen around, you know, uh, rise above the hate. And when I was in school, um, not that, you know, I was constantly getting picked on or or seen as a social outcast by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I, I didn't really find a place that I fit in. And so I kind of just did my own thing, you know, and, and one day I was just doing what, you know, kids do wrestling their brother. And he was like, Hey, you know, you should check this out, you know, turn this on. And so to answer your question, you know, seeing this guy that is, you know, tan jacked, beating the crap out of this dude, you know, and and the entire crowd's cheering his name. And it's just something that I was like, Oh, you know, I immediately Resonated with that, and so I was like, I want to do that. That's something that I want to do. That that could be me. Um, and, and so you know, I just went after it. And so that's what really changed it, you know. And I appreciate him, um, Triple H, now for his work in a, in a different kind of a way. Now that I'm in the business and I'm able to see it through a different pair of eyes. But you know, the, the, the fan in me always will remember that moment of just seeing him there and being like, Yeah, that's what I got to do.
0: When you found out that that's what you wanted to do, was there any resistance from your family? Were they all supportive? Yeah, you know, I think they they were I was very blessed in the
2: sense that they were they were all supportive. They they and they are to this day. You know, they've been the biggest supporters of me to chase my dream. Um without them I it wouldn't have been possible, quite frankly. And you know, I think I went about it a way that I was like, you know, hey, I'm going to chase after this with everything that I have, but I'm also going to develop some sort of backup plan too, in Mm. case things don't work out, you know? And, and, and that was the one thing that I read, um, and I went about this thing very methodically. I read a lot of interviews, uh, saw a lot of feedback from what other popular wrestlers have given. And, and the number one thing was always have a backup plan. And I thought, okay, so that's what I'll do. I'll start training. I'll go to college, you know, I'll get my degree. I'll do some different things. Um, and so, you know, hopefully that helps sway their opinions as
0: well. Yeah. So what degree did you get? What's the backup plan?
2: Yeah. So um, you're seeing it now, you know, if I remove the, uh, <laughs> if I remove the beautiful background through my uh, my office here in Rancho Cucamongo, but uh, uh, my degree ended up being in business administration and organizational leadership. And then, so I transitioned that into a finance career. Uh, so right now I am a uh, staff manager and registered principal and where I train and develop a team of financial reps for Western and Southern financial groups. So, um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, tapping the big boy job with the suit and and uh, on, on the weekends, I tear the suit off and, you know, put on my cape, <laughs> so to speak.
0: That's crazy, man. I don't know a lot of wrestlers that do that. Like, you actually have a day job right now. That's, like, not a gimmick. That's that's your day job. That's pretty no, crazy.
2: brother. All of this is a shoot. Oh, is a shoot. Uh, now, you know, I did I did pick out the, the shirt that complimented my face the most because <laughs> I knew I was coming down
0: here today. But, you know, the rest of it is a shoot. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it.
1: Oh, No, I got to tell you, you know, we had Limelight on a couple weeks ago. I always say that he's my first real friend in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Being in the ring with uh, Jordan Clearwater, uh, I will do everything I can possible to uh, highlight this uh, individual, the young, uh, whatever I have to do to use my platform to elevate and showcase uh, Jordan Clearwater. Um, You know, I feel like I'm like the Oprah Winfrey of uh, wrestling, you know, because every time, you know, Arnold, we have someone on the podcast, they always do something with AEW or Impact. And they don't mention it really on the podcast until like we have them on the podcast and then they're doing big things. And, you know, I want nothing but the best for you, uh, Clearwater. When I bring up
0: the name Machine Gun Carl Anderson, what does he mean to you? Man,
2: that that dude was the difference between just being a, an independent wrestler and really making our connection through New Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I see I see Carl Anderson as a mentor of mine, um, and and when I think of a mentor, I think of somebody that not just you know necessarily trains you, but he's able to guide your path in any kind of an industry, right? And he was really the dude that that called me up two two or three years ago, actually at this point, and said he said, Hey Jordan, you know. Um, I love that you're doing your thing, uh, here in Cincinnati, Ohio with uh, the NWF and it's great. And they're going to, you know, you're going to do some wonderful things there, but brother, if you ever want anything more for yourself, you've got to get out of here. You've got to get out of the Midwest. And you know, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but he said that to me. And um, you know, I, I packed up my things that day. I walked in, put my uh, my letter of resignation on the um, on my boss's desk, and I said, Hey, I've got to do this thing. I have to pursue this. And you know, I packed my my stuff up and I moved out here with, with nothing, no place to go. And so, um, you know, he was the, really the person that pushed me to do that. And and he's always the guy that kind of gives me piece of advice here and there. Um, And so really if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had the opportunity with, you know, championship wrestling from Hollywood or new Japan strong. And, quite frankly, I don't know if that we would have ever met, which is probably one of the best and the biggest things that's came out of being in Southern California, because you mentioned it earlier, uh, using your platform to help showcase younger talent. I mean, um, just from our match it, last Friday, you should see just the, 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 change in, uh, my social media platform has, has, has received, you know, thousands, thousands of likes, tens of thousands of views, um, things like I've never seen before, seriously coming from, you know, corn, corn fed out here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, you would have never thought <laughs> and, and now I'm like again. I'm like a giddy little kid living his childhood dream.
1: <laughs> wow, that's I'm amazing. I'm a grown ass man. I just turned 37. Don't don't get me emotional because I love it <laughs> out. I'm 37. You know, you're 23. You like to you you had those inner blocks. You know, I yeah. definitely had those inner blocks. But at 37, you start to like say you don't really give a fuck what other people think. But Jordan, let me just say because I'm all over the place, I you 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 hit me with that neck breaker i thought you were going to land on the apron i had no idea that you landed on the floor <laughs> arnold you have to go check it back on my ig the highlights with me and uh jordan like i thought he was going to land on the apron because i wondered when i hit like you know <laughs> it hurt it hurt but like i'm like it sounded kind of light i didn't even know that jordan just like He just flew in the air and then went from the, uh, apron to the floor. You know, I blasted on the apron. Uh, but timing, timing, it it
2: looked beautiful by the way, but timing, timing is key. Yeah, no, certainly. And, and, and it's funny because, um, when it happened, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking too, I was like, you know, I can land on the apron here, and, and, and that was my plan. And then and watching it back, it's like, man, hopefully it looked even better. Hopefully it looked <laughs> even bigger, you know, that it went uh, full steam, but Hey, it's new Japan. You got to go all right. I had to go all in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it looked vicious that you didn't just pop up and start working me over. You just took your time. That's why timing is so important to me. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I never did huge things with WWE. I, I'm very happy with my career, but I just have a good mind for the business and nothing lasts forever. After my release, uh, I had some of my best matches on uh, you know the minor league level. And uh, I don't really look at it as the minor league level because we work very hard, but it's like the respect to your peers. I always say like someone like Sean Spears that I shared uh, the ring with and for him to come to the back and say, man, I needed that. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the biggest uh, compliment coming from your peers, man. So uh, like I said, please definitely take care of that body. I've definitely t- told you that any advice you get from anyone, definitely, definitely take care of that body.
2: Yeah, for sure. And And I'll extend again, I can extend the compliment. I think somebody commented on one of the, the videos, um, that you bring the best, you brought the best out of me. And I think that's so, so true. Watching the tapes back and seeing just all the little things that working with someone that experienced and as knowledgeable as you are, that can kind of help me look even better, right? To a certain extent by covering up um, some of the little things that I maybe did wrong. So I learned so much every time. Um, so it was such, such a pleasure just being in the ring with you as well. So.
0: Jordan, how, how did I'm you so, come up with the yeah. name The Golden Boy?
2: How did I become The Golden Boy? Yeah. That is a wonderful question. I, um, well, quite frankly, it started as a rib. Okay. Um, uh, so I, you know, when I first got in, I got the, the typical, you know, I was, um, white meat baby face from Dallas, Texas. I had a cowboy hat and I had a horrible accent. I think one time I grabbed someone for a bulldog and I went, yee haw, <laughs> and then hit him with it. And you know, you know, the, I mean, in the old gymnasiums, everybody hears everything. And so I get to the back and are like, Don't ever do that again. And so, you know, at that point, I think I realized that I need to find something that meets me a little bit more. And at the time, I was the first to show up, you know, the last to leave. I was, you know, scrubbing the toilet uh, bowls with the toothbrush, you know, the whole nines, man. Uh, And I I just wanted to make it work no matter what it took. And and so people started to get a little – I guess a little jaded by it, and you know they saw me getting some opportunities, and so they started saying, "Oh, you know, don't don't touch him. That's the golden boy. You know, oh, that's the golden boy. You know." And then all of a sudden, the fans started being like, "You know, oh, that's the go- You know, that's the golden boy. That's and then so you know, I said, "Screw it. I I am the golden boy. That's who I am now. I'll take that." And so I, I just took that ball and started running with it. I got the gold tights and just kept going.
0: I love it, man. That's that's the best when it comes out genuinely. You know what I mean? Like something that happens in the back and you bring it in front of the cameras, in front of the audience, and it's it's authentic. And I think that's that's really cool. And I love your character because you bring out terms that I haven't heard in a really long time, like like the minus touch. I haven't heard that since like fifth grade or sixth grade <laughs> when I was like learning history. But uh, ex- explain that to me, the minus touch. I know what it means, but for for the people that don't.
2: Sure. Yeah. So the midas touch is 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 my finishing maneuver. It, it's out of nowhere, right? It can come out of nowhere, it, and 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 the idea is by training with people that are in MMA, um, like Blake Troop. If anybody watches CWFH. Uh, they'll look to see him and know him as our, our sports commentator, but being able to work out in a black house MMA um, here in Los Angeles, being able to work on kicks strikes, you know, it was very obvious that that was something that I did really well. And we wanted to highlight that. And so, you know, we were messing around again, one day in the locker room, we were joking around, you know, how are we going to call this? What are we going to call this? The gold standard going to call this? What are we going to call this? And and one of the guys um, chimes in and he says, Hey, how about uh, Midas touch? And I was like, <laughs> Everything I touch turns to gold, so why not, right? I mean, it's perfect. It's it, perfect. hand in hand. So um, Midas, Midas Touch became the name, and I ran with that as well. So again, like you said, the best things just come from, you know, uh, things that were either real or just people just jaw jacking, brainstorming, which is, which is what's so fun about this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know, uh, you know, we talked about you watching uh, Triple H, but uh, when you first started uh, watching wrestling as a fan, was there anyone that you gravitated towards?
2: Yeah, so um, I, I mentioned Triple H as the first and then ultimately my favorite for a number of different reasons. Um, at the time, it was because he was that first person. He resonated with me even as something – and this is going to sound so ridiculous, but even as something so simple as the colors that he used in his entrance, the green. Uh, my favorite color is green. You know, and it's so amazing that – I don't know why that clicks in my head as a child, but you know, now later on in life, I appreciate Triple H for being truly – the game, Mm -hmm. right? Being the best at every aspect of professional wrestling. You know, then there were some other people that I gravitated towards as well during that time. You know, uh, Chris Jericho was one of them. Um, I loved his uh, 2009 when he was wearing the suit, the short haircut. I mean, geez, that was like awesome for me. Uh, CM Punk, you know, he made a name for himself, Uh, In such a crazy way I'd never seen before and so I gravitate towards him and then you know too in that same time when I was really growing up Which might sound kind of strange Fred, but I was watching you guys as a part of the Nexus I remember watching the first season of NXT as you know a fan, and, and, and so and so you know things like that were, were were the programs I was drawn to because I loved seeing that the new fresh up um, and comers and being able to watch them rise through their career as I was kind of rising through my own and being able to develop you know who I wanted to be by watching them.
1: Yeah, that's Jordan, amazing. uh do you do a lot of interviews uh, I think I might have asked you or maybe I didn't ask you but do do you do a lot of podcasts at all
2: yeah I do um some podcasts here and there I think uh, I, I've done like two or three maybe so far this year maybe uh, one or, one or so more um so so not I, I think we did talk a little bit about that over twitter so not so not terrible much but if I can get on one I'd love to be a part of one
1: But usually they're probably uh, are they former wrestlers that have been in the business that have interviewed you or would I be like your first?
2: You would be the first former wrestler that's interviewed me.
1: And can you tell a difference between someone uh, like me that's interviewing you or just, you know, shooting the shit with you and then someone that's kind of outside of the business? Can you tell a difference at all or
2: no? Well, I think um, I think it all comes down to personality. Uh, a lot of professional wrestlers have an easygoing personality, or they're very talkative. Can, you know, it's easy to converse. Not that most podcast hosts are easy to converse with, but more so, you're able to understand probably the ins and outs of of what I'm speaking about too. And I feel like I can be heard in ways that I've not necessarily heard in other podcasts. Not that that's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, it's just different. And and so there is a slight difference, you know, but I'll say that I enjoy, I do enjoy doing podcasts. I enjoy public speaking in a weird kind of a way. Um, so, so, so all of this is so much fun for me. (laughs) Like Jordan,
1: it's very important. Like for me, for me to you, just, we have to stumble and fall. We have to get those reps, uh, in the ring but uh i've shared the ring with you recently and it's very important that you get in the ring with people that are like uh you know what i'm saying better than you or that you can say oh all right this is how it's supposed to be done or this is how it's supposed to feel like you know um and again that's just for me coming to you especially at 23 years old take care of that body because when uh When your moment really shines,
2: you know, you you just have to be ready and stuff like that. Certainly. And, you know, some other things about me kind of on a more personal level would be uh, I love um, get excited about the prospect of wrestling. But it also creates some sort of anxiety in the sense that you never know when the opportunity is the right opportunity. Right. And I would be remiss if I didn't say I was a little anxious when I saw our names next to each other on the card. Right. Because you are that (laughs) person that's. Wait,
1: hold
2: on a second. What does that mean? I, I was, I was nervous, man. I was like, I was nervous. I was anxious. I wanted to do my best, but you know, it's because I want to do. I, I feel like it's because I want to perform at my best, and so, um, and and it takes somebody like you, somebody who is definitively better than me, years better than me, decades better than me, to pull out that that what that potential could be. I and I, so I completely agree with you. Um, and so again, I you know I struggle with that because. Um, a part of me feels like it also holds me back in the sense that I should be confident in myself to perform at that level. But, you know, I also have to kind of get myself my own reality check in the mirror every night and say, Hey, I'm still young. You know, I still have a ways to go. I still can learn. I have a lot to learn. I don't think I'll ever stop learning in this business. So, um, that's one of the cool things.
1: Never, never. You'll never stop learning in this business. May 18 years, uh, you know, doing this, uh, right now at this point. I envision myself, and I've said it on the podcast when I'm out there. I think I'm the black Randy Orton because that, and I don't say uh, verbally, I think that in my head because his pacing and his timing. And there's a time and a place for it to unload on someone, you know, but just his stripes are very deliberate, you know, and mainly the timing, you know, and you're getting to know that it's not about the moves, it's about the in between stuff. And Arnold, you have to go back and watch uh, the highlights from me and Jordan. There comes a point where, like, he's, I'm on the ground and he's hitting me. I need to cover up, you know, to make it look real. You know, guys like Vince McMahon are very big on cover up, cover up. But Jordan just kept un- unloading, and it just looked believable. You know, he didn't just, you know... Uh, he didn't take a day off on me. He stayed on me. I covered up and still unloaded on me. Those are little details that are very, very important to me. And when I'm in the ring with someone like that, we have good dance partners and not so good dance partners. Mm-hmm. But being in there with uh, Jordan, I'm, I'm going to be putting him over like crazy. And that's what I do.
0: Hey, Jordan, I know you're very early in your wrestling career, but even with that being said, uh, is it in a is it a big adjustment for you uh, considering that 2020, now you guys have to perform with uh, zero audience? Does that kind of affect your head a little bit or are you just like so new that it hasn't affected you as much? You know, I think, so I can't
2: remember who said it um, and maybe it was somebody at a much larger promotion. So um, you'll have to forgive me, but they said uh, wrestling was made to be in front of a crowd. And I believe that, and, to, and, and I can feel that, right? Um, but 2020 and, and the pandemic has afforded me with a lot of opportunity. Um, and in and, and doing so, I'm so grateful, and I've always tried to be the optimist and look on the positive side of things. So that's the first part. The second part is I, I got a chance to wrestle with Nick Aldis. And, and so we're walking through the match, and Nick's like, hey, um, you know the best part about this whole thing? And I'm like, you know, what's that? And he's like, we can do – and tell whatever story we want and it doesn't have to be dictated by a crowd per se um the person can choose to or choose not to watch um and that is something (laughs) that we should capitalize on and i thought you know that's great advice i'm like you know that's great advice so for me um you know, does it bother me? No. Do I miss a crowd? Yes. Uh, but does it bother me to that certain extent? I mean, it doesn't necessarily bother me. It gives me a chance to, like Nick said, focus on maybe something a little different. I mean, it's all, all goes into being probably what I might consider a well-rounded wrestler is being able to do both. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm not mistaken, were you also, uh, trained by abyss?
2: Yes, good old, um, uh, man, Abyss and I have some good brother times back <laughs> in Cincinnati. Oh, man, him and I have some good times. We were in our uh, uh, both of our trainer, Roger uh, Ruffin's uh, wedding, and so we got um, to share some good stories and some beverages there as well. Uh, so, yes, I was. He's such a great – that's another dude. Such a great, great mind for the industry. Yeah. Um, talk about psychology, man. He, I mean forget the moves, dude. Forget all of the moves. I mean, that dude's all up here, and I and mm-hmm. I love
0: it. Yeah, I mean, I remember TNA in its early days, you know, there were only a few characters to me that stood out. AJ Styles and um, Abyss was definitely one of them. And I was so amazed. I mean, I wasn't following up with the storyline as much, but when Abyss did that storyline when he wore the suit and he was a totally different character and he wasn't the monster that he was, if anyone didn't tell me, I, had, I would have no idea that that was Abyss. And that just goes to show the type of range that he has, which is amazing. And I'm so glad you got to work with him because of his uh, psychology, you know, of all his experience that he's had. That's amazing, man.
2: Oh, that's I mean, that's so right. What a great storyline that is, you know, in and of itself. But but you're right. He has got such a great range. And, And he was the first person that really taught me that, you know, selling isn't what we do in the ring. We don't just sell moves. You sell from the moment you walk through that curtain to the moment you walk back through that curtain. And that was something that he said to me that I thought, man, that's so ingenious. Um, And I'm going to take it, man. You know, I'm going to take it, Uh, take that to heart. That's something that I've taken to heart.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned all these wrestlers that you were, um, you know, that you were a fan of. Um, Would you say you would take a little bit of um, their style it into yours?
2: some of the mannerisms kind of focus towards more of the, 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 the later wrestlers that I've seen. But as far as my wrestling style, I need to dial it all the way back to the sixties and seventies. And that's really where I pull a lot of my inspiration from. Um, Barry Wyndham, you know, Ricky Steamboat, any of the great baby faces that you think of. I I was Dusty Rhodes. Um, You know, I had the boot, my first pair of uh, boots were modeled after the Barry Wyndham's and and the Dusty Rhodes. So, you (laughs) know, those are the types of guys that I really formulate my wrestling style around because I think that's something I resonate with the most. That's the type of storytelling that I enjoyed and much to what uh, Fred mentioned earlier is I'd rather focus on getting the in-between versus, you know, working towards a one two five ten oh, i have all these moves this list of moves you know i'm sure there's a time and place for everything yes. but um that's where i kind of gravitated myself towards that 60s 70s 80s style amazing Jordan, like, what kind of music do you like man brother i um my favorite band of all time is uh lincoln park very nice r.i.p chester bennington Um, R.I.P. Chester Bennington I love me some Stain, some Breaking Benjamin, Um, so that's a little bit on the rock side, but I go all the way to Alternative 1975, Bad Sons, uh, Jimmy Eat World, I was using Sweetness for the longest time as my entrance song, crowd would always sing along with it too, so you know, man, if I could get them to do my entrance song, that would be really cool, Um, but yeah, I mean, I gotta bring up age I'm 37, you're
1: 23 I mean, I used to always get fired up anytime WWE F, use Lincoln Park. Or oh yeah, those guys! Like, still to this day, when I hear like, like whatever soundtrack for a pay per view it was with Lincoln Park, whatever, I get fired up,
2: man. You were probably a baby. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, the uh, what were they? The, the tribute videos or the the sacrifice yes. videos oh, the best. of Creed? Yes. Oh man, I still, brother, I still watch that. <laughs> put my knee pads on and get on fire at home, my friend. That's probably what I do this evening, man.
0: <laughs> you know what still gives me chills to this day is I don't know if you guys remember this, but the uh, the rematch between Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania, and they use uh Limp Biscuits My Way or the Highway, and yes. the build up to yeah, that yes. was so, uh, it gives me so much chills because they like like the whole the whole story being told with that music behind it was just amazing and even the, um some of my friends that don't watch wrestling they always jam out to whenever they see that promo coming on because it's so cool with them face to face and then they're like you know throwing rounds at each other's like, my way or the highway and it's so cool and you know oh, uh, speaking of as a lincoln park fan i just want to ask you real quick do you, i was i was i went crazy when they did that collab album with jay-z um oh, yeah. that was amazing how'd, how'd you enjoy <laughs> yes. that
2: Yeah, no, the The collab album with Jay-Z is is top notch. I mean, they've got a bunch of great records and a lot of people throw shade at Linkin Park for the latter half of their career where they made a shift in the style of music that they were making. But here's the thing is that we have to evolve. Yeah, We all have to evolve. We can't be stale. We can't be stagnant. I couldn't imagine still being, you know, might be babyface out of Dallas, Texas. Right, right cowboy jordan clearwater you're just no different than they probably couldn't make a million hybrid theory albums over and over and over again yeah and would we even listen to it probably not you know you can only hear in the end so many times (laughs) you're like all right you know what's what else is on the track list so you know again
0: i guess it goes to that um, right place right time but also there's a time and place for everything I think WWE needs to come back with those, uh, you know how back in the day it was like WWF volume three, volume five, and the oh, entrance yeah. music, I, and they the would the even have- one, Dude, I
2: had the green one. Yeah, the green
0: one, one. I the absolutely. Green I had
2: that one, I had uh, the legacy one. Yeah. Uh, that was the most recent one that I had, dude. I have no shame in my game. Oh man, man. and
0: I, I would geek out, I would totally like mark that when the wrestlers actually used the tracks for the collab like uh, DX with Run DMC, and the rock with the method man i still remember the verse till they say finally the rock has come back laying down to smack and like i just wish like he used that one time in the ring I, like but i just think that that's such a great idea and they should they should do that again at least one more time for nostalgia if not anything
2: mm-hmm. you know one thing that they did recently um and i don't think they get enough credit for some of the recent stuff that they did wrestlemania 28 um everyone asks me what my favorite wrestlemania is i I know, and I always get heat for saying it's 28. And you know, I'm not trying to get into a whole WWE conversation, but I think at the end that main event, first off, Rock and Cena told such a great story with with what we were just talking about, little to no moves, but also they had that. They had MGK play Cena. Yeah, had, um, Florida. You know, they. It, it, it was so. It was such a good dichotomy of here's one generation versus here's the other Mm -hmm. generation Mm
0: -hmm.
2: now who's going to win and it just added so much to the story right and that's something that they did recently that again i don't think they get enough credit for i thought that was fantastic
0: and i thought it was also fantastic watching all the fan reactions uh when the rock won you know they had Mm -hmm. all like it went viral on youtube all these compilations of um these like dads watching it with their sons and their sons just crying and the dad like (laughs) laughing and it was such a it's so cool because you get to see two different generations enjoying the same thing together and they can pass on that love you know which is which is awesome
2: yeah man that's wrestling i in a nutshell that's why i enjoy it it's a storytelling it's You know, it's the 25-year movie of someone's career. You watch someone progress throughout their career through this 25-year history, and it's the longest-running movie. It's the longest-running episode of television show, so I I love it. You know, that's why I love wrestling.
0: Have you guys heard the rumors of the upcoming uh, WWE films that they're coming out with? Um, There's supposed to be a Hulk Hogan movie coming out and also a Vince McMahon movie. Um, Word on the street is, for the Hulk Hogan movie, um the actor that's gonna play hulk hogan is chris hemsworth uh and right now he's in the process of bulking up uh to get into hulk hogan's size and he actually said that it is a, a harder process than to when he got in shape for thor like getting into hulk hogan's shape it's, it's way harder and for vince mcmahon word on the street is the actor that's playing him is bradley cooper
2: and yes. That both of those are going to be cool. That right? sounds really cool. I didn't know either. I didn't know either of those things. Uh, Chris has some weight to put on, though. Yeah, you <laughs> <it>. those twenty-four inch <laughs> biceps aren't going to build themselves, brother. <laughs>
0: Maybe they can yeah. use some like CGI effects or something, man. Yeah,
2: right. All right, <laughs> Jordan, your your physical fitness.
1: Have you always been into working out, or no? Uh, how much does it mean to you?
2: Yeah. So I you know, when I made that decision, like, this is the career that I want to go down. This is the path that I want to go down. Um, it was really my uncle who was, took me under his wing. He's like, here, let me show you a couple of things about, you know, lifting weights," <laughs> and you know, that started at 14 and, and, yeah. and it sucked. it sucked. And, and like, it, it took some commitment. And then I noticed some progressions and I kept going at it all ultimately all the way up till now. It's, um, it's a large part about what I do. So, uh, I've, um, I've worked with Elite Fitness Training and and getting myself up to 220, um, 8% body fat because I am prepping for a show uh, in March, uh, the Steve Carr uh, bodybuilding competition in Vegas. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and then I'll also be – i'll also be competing at npc west coast classic uh, that june as well i would have competed this year but COVID had other plans for us so that wasn't something that turned out as well but you know it gives me a little bit more opportunity to get some muscle and some size on so
0: that's crazy man you have a successful day job at an office you're also a bodybuilder and a pro wrestler at the same time i don't know how you juggle all those things that's amazing man
2: it's been it's been you know it, it's fun but I'm not um, you know I'm uh, no pun intended but I'm not the type of person to take uh, any days off ah. uh, so <laughs> you yeah, know I I, I I go after it I um, I'm trying to do something great with with what I've been given and so I you know as much as I would like to believe that that is a certain path in life yeah. I don't know what life is going to pull me down so I figured I'll put my eggs in uh, multiple baskets and see which one you know Smart. which one gets uh, carried across the finish line.
0: With your uh, fitness journey, what do you struggle with the most? Is it the dieting part or is it getting bigger? Dieting. It's, it, it's been, it's always
2: been getting bigger until I realized the science behind what it is that I'm doing. Mm. And until I learned exactly my body and, and posing and working through posing classes and seeing my deficiencies was where I really started to notice, okay, I need to change what I'm doing on, on, on a nutrition side of things, but also in a working out kind of things, you know, instead of going to the gym, um, two hours a day, uh, I used to go in two hours a day and tear my body up, um, which kind of goes back to what you're saying, Fred, is like, take care of your body. And now, you know, I, I do hit, I hit the gym before um, work in the morning at, um, at around six and, and, you know, we do 30 minutes, but it's the most cardio intensive 30 minute, uh, high interval training I've ever done. And I've never been happier, never looked better than I have before in the past. So it's all about, you know, focusing on what really matters and not doing the bro science of, you know, oh, I think I'm going to do chess three days a week. <laughs> At least that's what they've taught me, right? It's, right, it's sure. more of a scientific and methodical approach.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what we all grew up with, right? Like, um, watching all these like bodybuilders and the saying, "Oh, you gotta focus on two muscles a day." The very like traditional way to do it, iron,
2: generation iron, any of those good old Arnold classics. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But no, that's cool, man. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you, but you answered it. But yeah, those like hip training, like really, really, um, make you know like. It's, you get that full bang out of your buck for that workout because even though it's 20 minutes 10 minutes but by the by the time that's over you're completely exhausted
2: yeah no and, and and you're calculating again it's 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 also very scientific and it helps to have a coach that's watching that because he's constantly calculating and recalculating like your one rep max mm-hmm. and then every time you're going into the gym it's all right we're doing certain percentages of that and yeah. we're periodizing to the sense that we're not working out you know 15 12 10 reps in one workout it's 15 reps for this entire week right next week it's 12 reps and we're periodizing over a longer period of time which is also forcing the muscle to grow more but again back to fred's point is um taking the time to rest recover yeah um sleep um eat right yeah. stretch i mean those are all things that take time and dedication that is better suited outside of the gym versus spending i'm going to spend two hours today in the gym you yeah. know kill myself and then not eat right not sleep right um and then wake up the next morning hating myself so
0: when you're uh, <laughs> prepping up for a show like that, do you like for your diet? Do you do any like intermittent fasting, or are you just like counting calories? Like, what do you do with your diet right now?
2: So right now, I'm I'm back in bulking, so I'm 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 shooting for uh, a little over three hundred carbs, two hundred proteins, and then under fifty grams of fat. So the key is. Really, um, for me, I can't eat enough. I can never stop eating. I have such a bad habit of waking up at 1:30 in the morning and going to the kitchen <laughs> and like eating a lot, gonna go back to sleep. Uh, b- very bad habit of it, but um, you know it's about hitting those macronutrients. and I didn't really understand that either. Um, but doing so while keeping such low fat is practically impossible. That's been the name of my game for the last for the last couple of months, last six or so months. So that's been a tough, tough journey a to,
0: uh, tough cookie to crack. Well, it seems like you're killing it, man. Um, so, congrats to that, and I can't, I can't wait for your show. I can't wait for you to show off your physique. That's gonna be crazy because that's a lot of hard hey, work. When, when I perform, you guys, um, I'll have to get. I'm trying to get myself
2: over and booked to get on your podcast because hey. you have know, to have me back, and this time I'll do it with no shirt. Let's go. <laughs>
1: like, oh,
0: cool. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm so, I'm so proud of you, bro. I mean, I always say my social media is an open diary to the world, so anything I ever post always come, come, comes from the heart, you know, with the intent to inspire, motivate, and educate, man. So uh, definitely keep doing what you're doing, and definitely document that stuff, man. Show the world and be proud, you know. If anything, document it for yourself, because you never know, like footage like that, moments like that can be utilized 15, 20 years from now, man. But that is amazing do you have a dream match dream dream wrestling match man i guess i would be remiss to say that
2: i would love to step in the ring with you know the the person that really got me started on this whole thing um h would be such a great journey but you know i know he's kind of at the that's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, I would love it, man. I would love nothing more than, but again, to learn. So I feel like it would be such a learning experience. Um, just to be able to I, close my ears, you know, or close my mouth, open my ears, and just shut up and follow along. Uh, I'll ride the bus, brother can drive it. I think that would be <laughs> so fantastic. Um, I know that's a term I've had used to me a lot but in my career. Brother, just get on the bus, I'll be driving, you know. <laughs> so. It's, well, yeah, well, that's how you
1: were with me. Just, just, j- just listen to me, and, and we'll have a great performance. And you did just that, man. So, um, like I said, uh, we can go on and on and on with this podcast. You said Triple H was uh, someone that you would want to wrestle. You can give us some, someone else that
2: currently t- today that you would want to work in a dream match. I have to wrestle my man Carl Anderson. I've never oh, stepped, man. I've never stepped foot to foot, toe to toe with that man in front of a crowd on a, on a stage. But um, gotta go toe to toe with that dude. Gotta show him what he's missing out on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
1: personal connection. Like I've always got along with uh, the machine gun, uh, and I think he's one of definitely one of the reasons why um, I'm doing what I'm doing with New Japan. So. I can't thank him and Rocky enough for giving me the opportunity. But before we take it home, because time is money, baby. and I know you got to eat and, you know, do your thing. I want to just hit you with 21 total, totally random questions that I like to do with all the guests and whatever comes to your mind. So, uh you down
2: to play? Oh, I'm down, brother. And I could talk to you all night, man. I've got some <laughs> cashews right here. I've got my bodybuilding stack. I'm I'm rocked and ready to go, baby.
1: No, hell no. Hell no. No. <laughs> We got enough, man. We got enough. But first question, what's your favorite
2: thing in your closet right now? A uh, 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 two, Two-piece two Armani suit. Ooh. It's my, blue, my baby blue. It looks gorgeous. <laughs> it fits just right. I love it. Uh, when things break, do you prefer to fix it or replace it? I bet fix it.
0: <sighs> I know. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys...
2: You guys are going to be surprised. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a replacer, man. Oh, uh, you're one of us. Got, uh, you're one out. of us. Screw <laughs> I'm going to get something else. I, I can't mess with this right now. I don't got time. <laughs> okay. What job would you
1: be absolutely horrible at?
2: Nothing. Anything that has to do with um, <laughs> analytics. Watching screens all day. Couldn't do it. I, I would, I, My brain would fry. Good one, good one. What's your favorite movie? Happy Happy Gilmore. (laughs) That's an easy one. You're gonna die, clown. All day, every day. I love me some Adam Sandler.
1: Okay. What's the most disturbing thing you've ever witnessed? Ooh,
2: I went to the Holocaust (laughs) Museum in Washington, D.C., Yeah. Uh, sorry, I, had hit, I hit you with yeah. the real one. That was yeah, seriously, that right. was the most disturbing thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, there's also a smaller Holocaust, and um, just in general, they kind of go over things like the Holocaust, slavery, what we did to the American Indians in Cincinnati. Those types of things are just some of the most disturbing um, pieces of history, but are just so, so, so important because yeah. history does repeat itself. And so we have to be cognizant of what's happened in the past. <sighs> Man don't don't get me started man i mean you were just saying the
1: right stuff bro uh if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds what would you say
2: oh oh man oh never give up <laughs> that's that's a good fine. one never give up that's fine what's your biggest pet peeve oh man uh Ignorance, ignorance is not bliss, man. <laughs> ignorance is not bliss. There's too much information out there. There's there's too much facts and st- statistics out there. If you've been told once uh, and you didn't listen, then shame on you. Uh, you you have a brain of like uh, you you're just
1: seasoned man. Just seasoned, <laughs> man. You just season. You just keep doing what you're doing. What makes you anxious? Is there anything that makes you anxious? Oh, man, what makes me anxious? Uh, Failure. Failure makes me anxious. Mm.
2: And what's the stupidest thing you've ever done because someone dared you to? Uh, I um, (laughs) – oh, man, and jumping off the top rope. Anytime I've jumped off the top rope, it's because somebody's dared me to, and I've always ended up hurt. (laughs) It's never ended good for me. Never, ever,
1: ever has that ever ended good for me. God, man. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what's your favorite swear word?
0: Shit. That's a Shit. fun one.
1: <laughs> what is one food that you never give up? Chicken, because that's all
2: my diet consists of anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite
1: toy? Uh, what was your favorite toy as a child? As a child.
2: Um, webkins.
0: I don't remember that Stuffed
2: animals that you could use their paw to sign into a little online port. I'm, I'm, giving you all the good stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh, I don't no. even know what that is anymore outside of Healy's. I don't know what else it would be. That's crazy. I don't remember that oh, one. That's good. Hey, I used to take these little stuffed animals and wrestle with them all the time. I, I didn't have like figures. So I was just like, screw it. You know, we'll use these, these animals. So I hear you. They put on some good matches, brother. Let me tell you.
0: <laughs> you did the booking, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Trust me. Put them over hard. 13,
1: what was the worst backhanded compliment you've ever been given? You're too nice. Mm. Too nice. Oh, man, yeah. Now, I don't know if I've ever been told. That's just me. I don't want to get into me, but that's just me in general. But sometimes, like t- like team with Titus O'Neill, you know, I love taking heat, you know. Uh, I take heat every night, five, six nights a week i'm like my body's tired my body's hurting big man you got to take some heat. (laughs) you got to slip on a banana peel and there were times i was just too nice and then sometimes no man you got to take tonight man i need a fucking break you know so yeah yeah yeah, i get it and one piece of advice dr tom pritcher gave me was when i first started in this business you're gonna have to eat shit and like the taste of it and when i first started i'm like Please, Doctor Tom, what are you talking about? That that'll never happen to me. You know, in some situations you might have to. It's just the way it is, you know. But me, I I just believe in being true to myself and just doing me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll get my shit in when I can get it in. But at the end of the day, we got to, you know, we got to do our thing. You know.
2: For sure. No, I appreciate Uh, that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I can keep going on and on. Fourteen. If you could interview a famous person, who would you choose?
2: if i could interview a famous person i would choose (laughs) you're good bro (laughs) oh who would i choose that is such a great question uh man if i had to interview any famous person it would have to be um vince i want to know I want to know one thing, how that conversation went over when you decided to take it from the territories to it being a global entertainment, spectacular. I want to know that man <laughs> probably received so much pushback never before seen. And he had risked yeah. it all, man. Talk yeah. about anxiety of failure. I, yeah. I, I, I I, would love to hear how that went over. Absolutely. That, that's
1: probably the best response that we've ever got, Arnold, from that question. That's true. That's good. Uh, We didn't get into your personal life, your love life. That's, you know, that that's all up to you. But 15, who was your first celebrity crush?
2: Oh, first celebrity crush. For some reason, I had I had a feeling that you might ask (laughs) me this question. (laughs) I've given it some thought. I had I thought about it when I went to the bathroom uh, (laughs) and so I've had a number of celebrity crushes Uh, most recently it's Margot Robbie Um, she is just a dime but first and foremost I mean any kid growing up that was watching Hannah Montana had to say Miley Cyrus Oh, that's Uh, a new one I mean I mean mean, come on now you know
0: (laughs) that's a new one bro
1: uh what's something that you've tried that you'll never try again 16 that probably that's the top rope right there unless you have another response
2: yeah I was gonna say I would say the top rope but I I promise you just watch me <laughs> this weekend Fred would be going to do Japan I promise you somebody's gonna talk me into doing it and I'm gonna come back and Rocky's gonna be like bro I've told you a million times stop doing bro. stuff you know don't know how to do <laughs> so <laughs> uh bro. so man um uh, uh, pho. I'm not I'm never eating pho ever again. I don't care what anybody says, pho, pho, however you call it, kombucha, all of that can go in the trash. I'm just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on the liquid noodles, brother. I'm I'm passing. That, that was weird. That was some weird stuff. And the apple cider vinegar shots, fake news. That is fake news, brother. I am not doing that ever again. That is a rib I won't fall for.
1: You know, like that's something like if I do wrestling clinics uh, and then afterwards, that's the one thing I'll do. Everyone has to do a toast of apple cider vinegar because I don't drink anymore. So (laughs) that's that's my shot of choice, apple cider vinegar everyone you know so uh but that's funny bro that's a good
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> well i'll do it for you fred me and you we can go we'll do with that apple cider vinegar one more time
1: <laughs> and i love kombucha man you know, not like kombucha Ah, uh, uh, brother no come on man miss
2: <laughs> me with that what's up with all this vinegary stuff man i i don't know about you but i've got a sensitive stomach over here brother that uh, that disagrees with me man very very much so <laughs> okay 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 <laughs>
1: Uh, we got to start to take this home because we've had past guests where we had to go through three Zooms, four Zooms. This is, just, this is just so good. But 17, what was your first job? My first job, uh, washing dishes at a restaurant.
2: Mm. Uh, what was your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show, um, of course, had to have been outside of wrestling. Don't want to say wrestling. That's a cheap, That's a cheap response is The Office.
0: Oh, I love The Office, man.
2: <laughs> Wait, Arnold, don't you have that little setup or something?
0: Yeah, oh, here, I have, like, I'll show you. <laughs> one, <right? laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna, all right, I wasn't gonna bring this up, Fred, but you, you're doing it. Yeah, that, well, so. you always bring it
1: up every time we have a guest that uh,
0: answers this way. So, um, I have, like, all the pops, and this is, like, um, Michael <laughs> Scott, when he got when he did Man vs. <laughs> so Wild. Away. And then, uh, Dwight Schrute. And then I got uh, Pam Beasley, also oh, Jim Halpert and Michael Scott and also have like the whole cast of Friends and some wrestling uh, pop Funko as well, but Brother, he's a fan of The I'm Office. <laughs> Hold on a sec.
2: Let's make this more fun then. Come on now. What are you doing here? Michael Scott over here. Here yeah, we go. Man. We're in The Office right now. That's
0: right. Oh, no, look at you. you oh, I you just right? caught that. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
2: that's how i should have started it would have fit the gimmick better
0: you should have had the, the world's best bo- boss mug man <laughs> oh man oh
2: brother oh um I know. this is my world's best boss mug over here's a shaker cup i'm sorry guys. for
0: uh for halloween last year me and my wife were um we were jim and pam
2: oh that's awesome that's awesome i think i'd uh, unfortunately i'd probably have to be michael Holly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. like
0: Holly.
2: So. Yeah. okay okay all right all right
0: fred's best done gift
1: ever. <laughs> huh? yeah i'm done <laughs>
2: best gift ever
1: received
2: gift yes uh best gift ever received uh, my mother purchased me my mom and my mom and dad purchased me um two tickets to wrestlemania 26 wow. um when i in, in 2010 and uh that that was something that i'll never forget and you had pictures and stuff like that yes oh i've got a video on it i'm not gonna say i got a video on youtube under um uh, a much younger different <laughs> account of me uh don't let them know i videoed it even though they said do not video <laughs> I, I had to man i had to capture some moments good bro uh toilet paper over or
1: under um over over and last but not least if you had three people over dead or alive who would they be
2: Three people would be, um, uh, let's see, Jesus, uh, <laughs> Muhammad, and Buddha. There you Come go. Come on, brother. It's debate time. Let's yeah. see what goes down. <laughs> let's, let's get some answers. Let's <laughs> rock and roll. I, I don't I don't hold any punches, man. I, I'll uh, I'll listen to anybody at any, any point of view, so I want to hear it go down. Good for you, bro. Bring them all. Bring all the massive heads of the religions. I love it. I love it.
1: Arnold, oh, man, I mean i think that's a perfect way to uh, take it home what do you
0: think oh man this has been such a fun episode man again if if i wasn't hungry we could do this all day <laughs> but i always okay, love chopping it up three people
2: you three hello come over for dinner i'm a cook that's I'll cook oh, you guys okay some food. i watch enough master chef come over that's true I'll in a house i'll have you guys over we'll have some beverages well, Fred, you'll have some apple cider vinegar and <laughs> we'll have a good time, man. That's what we'll do in the next one. Sign thanks.
1: me up. Sign yeah, me up. Man. Definitely, definitely. I I will not turn that down. Definitely. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for being with us. I'll I'll be seeing you soon. Uh, I really appreciate it and I'm always rooting for you, man. Uh, keep keep doing your thing. And uh, yeah, I gotta eat too because I do the intermittent fasting. So I, I sometimes I don't eat till five o'clock. So <laughs> uh yeah. For me, it just works well for me, but everyone has their own routine. But again, sure. thank you. You know, thank you for joining us,
2: bro.
0: Thank you, Jordan. Oh, we dude, thank it, you man. so
2: much. Thanks for having me, dude. This was this was so much fun. Like, I'd do this all day, every day if I could. Likewise, man, hell like
0: my Well, best of luck to everything that you do. Uh, congrats on your, you know, your day job career. Congrats on pro wrestling career. Congrats on your bodybuilding competition career. And best of luck to that. You're going to kill it, man. And you got this, bro. We're all here rooting for you.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. And um, until next time, guys, seriously.
0: All right. Have a good one, man. Another fun episode with Jordan, golden boy. It's it's been so fun, man.
1: Yeah. Episode 64, man, was really, really, really a good one. Like I say, man, I love highlighting people that are not necessarily under me, but that are under me. And he's he's uh, um, he's so new in this business that. The best is uh, he, The best is yet to come for a Jordan Clearwater, and I hope to share the ring with him again. And like I said, he's got to get in the ring with people that are definitely better than him because, um, you know, he's got it. You know, he can yeah. walk the walk and talk the talk. And, you know, for me personally, the way I feel about, you know how I feel about Triple H, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's this situation gives me, me knowing Jordan and me wanting to like get all eyes on him because he, he's such a great talent. It, it drives me even more for someone like Triple H, uh, to see him, you know, I know, I know he's going to be seen, you know, there's yeah. no question about it. Uh, no question about it. Um, <clears throat> and like I said earlier, with, with, with the podcast and everything, um, everyone that we have on they tend to do big things and um like i said per, it's a personal goal of mine for triple h to see him if he hasn't already seen him you right, know? right so um see him and him ultimately accomplish his goal and get signed to a major organization and tell his nine to five job to go to hell <laughs>
0: Well, in my eyes, you know, uh, Jordan and you included are already doing big things because New Japan, like being seen in that light, it's, that's mainstream to me. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, think, I think he's killing it and uh, wherever Bro, he decides to go, it's going to be great.
1: I am frazzled. I am just, I, I don't know if I'm using the right word. Uh, last night, I was in a war. I was in a war with Chris Dickinson. I posted it on my IG highlights, uh, Primetime Live semifinal uh, competition that I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was involved. Uh, we haven't met. Uh, we haven't filmed in a while, and I didn't mention it. But recently, I was involved in a eight-man tournament, uh, crown a new United Wrestling Network uh, World Champion for a promotion here in LA. That's uh, you know doing big things with their tv and pay-per-view stuff uh so i so it was an honor to be a part of the tournament and the guy I wrestled yesterday i actually wrestled him a couple of years ago in a uh, uh six-man tag it was the nexus alliance uh back in pennsylvania king of trios jakar or organization and um Yeah, this guy, Chris Dickinson, that was one of the participants in the tournament. He really, we, we were like a war man. So definitely, definitely check out highlights. I feel during this podcast episode, I I've been rambling on because I'm afraid that, that
0: that you might forget.
1: No, that like I might have trauma to my head.
0: <laughs> oh man.
1: I I am just out of it. I, 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 I didn't even work out today. You know, wow. because I just I just ran errands. Uh I'm not bad or anything. I'm not bad. I'm just
0: uh You
1: I'm need you tired. need to
0: take a day. Huh? You need to take a day.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's tough, you know, because I always go all out. Um and, and I'm crying, I'm crying a wolf about the concussion because you would know if you have a concussion. But I was just tired from the war that I was in. Definitely check it out the highlights on, the, uh, on my personal Instagram. <clears throat> but uh, when you don't do this every day, like, and, 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 and you do it so sporadically, uh, like, you know, I had wrestling. I had wrestling yesterday, and then I have wrestling in a couple days. Um, When when you don't do it as much, it's like, oh, it it takes a toll on your body. Not in a bad way, but I feel it the next day. Um, But, yeah, Chris Dickinson, I really enjoyed being in the ring with him. He's another guy that I definitely want to have on the podcast because him and I clicked in the ring. As much as I'm, like, crying the wolf, we clicked, man. And it was, like, Kevin Sullivan. And, and Chris Benoit and wow. I was and it, and it was so intense because leading up to the tournament last week I wrestled uh, Eric Redbeard from the Lions. I saw that I saw that and uh, he got he got disqualified and he tried to break my arm uh, trying to re injure uh, my Tommy John surgery that I had back in January 2017 so with the whole story a lot of the most recent matches I've been having, I've been able to tell a beautiful story, stories that I've told great with Fala Ba or, um, or, uh, Ray jazz, you know, guys that I was able to just click with. And, um, <laughs> uh, January 2017, I got injured in WWE. Eric Redbeard tried to uh, break my arm. And then this week, wrestling Chris Dickinson, he really zeroed in on my arm. And then ultimately last night I had to tap out or he would have broke my arm. So um, it's something that you definitely gotta check out, man, it was intense.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I saw some of the highlights already. It looks really, really crazy, man. (laughs) Yeah.
1: If you've seen the highlights, just listen to those strikes, man. It's just like, yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm feeling it, man. So that's what's been going on with me. And like I said, it's very exciting for me to be able to do a podcast and not be like one of those old timers. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember back in uh, 2010 with the Nexus. Uh, yeah, I got the I got the armband back there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, back then. I'm not one of those old timers. I still fucking we can still do the podcast and I can talk about my wrestling experiences that I'm currently doing. Yeah. Man. Uh so that's the Former One on Mr. No Days All Fred Ross That's Your amazing, man. Home.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um before we wrap it up, you know, we we kinda wanna talk about some uh wrestling news a little bit that's affecting a lot of wrestlers, man. Um so word on the street is uh WWE is thinking to to having their own agency. Did you hear about that? Their own talent no, agency.
1: <clears throat> uh-uh, no.
0: I don't know really? how confirmed that is, but from some reliable sources, you know, they want to be their own third-party uh, agency. So, like, you know, when wrestlers do outside things, it's still under the WWE umbrella. So, I don't know if that necessarily... I don't know the full details on how that's going to work yet, but I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, with the bad press, WWE's been getting, um, this, it's not really the best look right now, you know, um, especially with, I keep forgetting his name, but the politician, um, something Yang, uh, he's been spoke, he's been very outspoken about his disgust with WWE treating their, uh, not even their employees, their independent contractors as employees, you know, you can't have, um, What's the, what's that term? But anyways, um, if you're gonna treat if you're gonna have them as independent contractors, you gotta treat them like one. And if you're not, if you're gonna strip away their benefits, you gotta let them uh, have options to earn other incomes. You know, uh, and WWE just wants to have it both ways. And um, he said that he's gonna do everything he can to um to fight it and to make and he'll never forget about this cause, you know, and um he's gonna keep fighting it until things are right and he's spoken very highly of AW and how they're treating their wrestlers because because they can do other things. They can have their merch on pro wrestling tees. Um they can do outside shows that's not AW but um yeah man it's just really interesting that WWE keeps on uh doing things that's like not making them look so good, you know?
1: Yeah, well Like I always say, when you're under their conglomerate, you have to uh, abide by their rules and literally either adapt or perish.
0: Um, CM Punk is saying otherwise, though, because, you know, uh, they're, they're doing the whole thing about banning Twitch and Paige on her last stream. She's been very outspoken. She actually broke down crying on her last stream saying how... She's like how much she's had it with WWE because like she's broken her neck for the for a company and like with the pandemic and everything. Twitch has been a great distraction for her to get her creativity out there to do something else to distract her from the pain and for her to earn a little bit extra income. And WWE's like taking that away and she's just heartbroken by it. Uh, But I remember like CM Punk, like I think he tweeted something like, guys, like if all of you just don't do it, they can't do anything about it. So just don't do it. And like all of you just make a stand and none of you do it and they can't do anything.
1: Like don't do it, meaning like don't get
0: rid of it. Don't get rid of it. Just refuse to like all of you guys, everyone just refuse to and see what happens. Like CM Punk's saying they can't do anything. Like don't give in like that. So really interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When you definitely have that much woman power, manpower. Yeah. If you got it, definitely. Um... Definitely
0: capitalize on it, you know. Yeah. Um. Also coming up, Survivor Series. Uh, marks Undertaker's 30 year in the WWE. That's impressive. And I remember before. Uh, I don't think it was con- that. should be his
1: last last match. That yeah. Should
0: be. Well, I think that was the original plan for um for him to wrestle Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series Survivor Series as um his last match, but with how um how the super showdown or whatever forgot what that, that pay-per-view was and how much uh, of a disaster that was, it shook Shawn Michaels' confidence.
1: Oh, that, oh, oh the tag match?
0: Yeah. It shook Shawn Michaels' yeah. confidence and like, they just don't want to ruin the chemistry that they had for all the WrestleMania moments, you know, they don't want to um, have them seen in a bad light. So I think they're just going to leave that as it is. But I think I that mean, was like, the original plan. I, mean,
1: I mean, Shawn Michaels one-on-one, he, we need, man, we need another one-on-one Shawn Michaels match. A tag match, you know, when Triple H got hurt, uh, it changed the entire match. Uh, so, like, the timing was just off because everyone was tired and frazzled and all that stuff because they had to call an audible. Sure. So, yeah, yeah, you know, timing off and stuff you, you know, had planned to create that magic doesn't go as well. Yeah, your confidence is going to be at all time because that's your moment to really shine. And I hope, yeah, I definitely, I definitely hope Sean can wrestle with just one more match, man. But that would be perfect because these guys are seasoned because I'm thinking the way they're thinking, man, in my career. You know, they're just, they're like, they're two legends that can still go, but be able to sell the, uh, tell a story in between their moves. You got Shawn Michaels, he's got the super kick, uh, he's got um, he's got his comeback um, you know he's got his stuff Undertaker has his stuff and the story that these guys would tell would be beautiful man I yeah. wish
0: yeah I mean I wanted it to happen too uh, but Survivor Series is getting closer and closer and there has been zero build ups to that but who knows man they might surprise us but we'll see
1: yeah man that'd be good if they just did it without like no build up man and then people like you know it's a big moment
0: you know why not do it yeah yeah absolutely and uh one last thing i want to touch upon is how great of a job that i think alexa bliss is doing with the fiend bray wyatt Mm. um i've been watching her stuff her um highlights you know in the firefly fun house at first you know like i think she's the right person for the job uh i don't think there's anyone that could do it better but just like anything else um you know first time doing it it's a little bit rocky like there's times when she's like Let him in. Like, I'm sure, like, no one else could do better than her. But even her, it felt a little weird at first. But now I feel like she's comfortable. She's having fun with it. And it's just, like, breathing to her. And she's such a natural at it, man. Like, just like Bray Wyatt, she kind of has two characters. You know, she kind of has the host, like, creepy, like, (laughs) fun girl. And she also has the evil side to her, which I think it's, it's, it's great. I think she's doing a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah, um, I've seen highlights and stuff of it. Yeah, I think it's real cool and fun. I'm glad, like that's perfect. I, I, you know, visually, I just love it. And the clips that I've seen on social media, it definitely, definitely clicks, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely clicks. I love it.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think that's a but, good time. Oh, go ahead. It,
1: it, but uh, what you know, we talked about the not a build up with uh, Sean and Undertaker. What about? Uh, possible buildup that we're seeing between uh the rock and roman you know with paul Heyman saying that roman didn't call out uh the rock you know the rock called out you know roman absolutely so uh i think that's a match that you know uh, definitely is gonna happen and it should happen uh uh, and it's going to be a, a war because I'm sure the Usos would be involved. Maybe someone out of it, if I was planning it, someone out of that storyline should read no, should debut. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, um, I don't know, someone in the Simone
0: family, uh, I see. you know what I mean? Yeah. Which yeah.
1: A lot of, there's a lot of guys and, and we had, a, uh, the answer we had one on. Yeah, the answer, you know. Um, So there's a lot of talent that can debut out of that feud. So that would be cool to
0: see. I think it's like, that's really a, um, a good idea. And you're right. I think The Rock versus Roman Reigns is really happening. And I think this is the most genuine, like best storytelling ever because of their slow buildup. Not only that, but also the history of everything. You know, you have like this feud with Jay and Roman and you have like, pictures of them as little kids growing up to show that there's they're actually family and they were actually Roman says from the porch to pay-per-view and that's that's true they were playing out on the porch playing football and now they're main inventing pay-per-views and another layer of authenticity to the storyline is Paul Heyman I had no idea that um, Paul Heyman has been a big part of the Samoan family because during Corey Graves after the bell podcast Roman talked about how deep into the roots Paul Heyman was, man. He he was right there with the head shrinkers, with you know Rikishi fought Rikishi fought too, and like th- at that time he was just a little boy with the mullet and the big phone, and to see him, you know, evolve into this seasoned businessman who's well respected in the wrestling industry and still be part of the Anoa'i family, it's. The story is just all there, and there's nothing forced about it, and it just feels like you're watching a real movie, or like a real, like a real shoot, you know. And it's it's great, man. There's I can't, no one can say anything bad about it. And I uh, I didn't catch the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> but J- John uh, Jimmy Uso was uh, on the bump, and I I didn't know what the question was, but maybe it was. Um, uh WWE asking him how do you feel about Jay now aligning with Roman. Do you ha- do you feel any uh feel any way towards that? And I really like John's answer because he's like, Oh man, like I'm always like my brother's keeper, you know, like um no matter whoever he, he has um across the ring from him, I'm always gonna have his back. Even though if I'm the one across the ring from him, I might still have his back, you know. So I really mm-hmm. I really like that answer, which is cool.
1: Yeah, um, But before before I lose my train of thought, um, uh, I definitely like that idea of having uh, someone out of that Samoan family debut. Yeah. And before I forget his name, Jacob Fatu, uh, I uh, you got to know him. Uh, I've shown him out on.
0: Yes. The Samoan werewolf.
1: Yes, he's like a a hybrid uh, Umaga, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just imagine how, like, it's, you know, Roman and Rock, you know, to see who is, you know, the top, you know, and Mm -hmm. then out of that, that debut of him just doing moonsaults because he's like, and I hope I'm able to share the ring with him again because I did share the ring with him for uh, All Pro Wrestling up in the Bay Area, but literally uh, I was... Like, he was doing a double shot, two shows in one night. I was literally uh, in, like, guerrilla position waiting to go out, and then he showed up to wrestle me, you know? So we didn't have much planned, um, you, know, I, you know? I told him, just, like, work with me. Let's, you know, let's just call it out there. And it was fine for the people, but, like, we could have definitely had, like, a really, really awesome match, in my opinion. I think so, too. Um, but, Yeah. But hey, it is what it is. But definitely, uh, awesome uh, pro Bro wrestling podcast episode. I'm rambling on because I think those are symptoms of concussion <laughs> when you just when you just ramble on and on. But I think this was a dynamite episode, man
0: it's been a lot of fun um yeah getting talking to uh jordan man the golden boy he's he's so interesting and just just, such a fun guy and he's so young it's crazy and catching up with you you know we haven't recorded in a minute so it's great talking wrestling with you man um and, and with that said man another great one in the books uh, if you're listening to us on itunes don't forget to give us a five-star review and let us know what we can do better and if also if you're watching us on youtube don't forget to subscribe and like and let me know down in the comment section below um you know what other stuff you guys want to see from us and until then
1: block the hate salute the great arnold telega art